Welcome to Real History, shows what you know about history. On this podcast, we talk about historical movies and television shows, or do we? Are we ever going to talk about a television show? And which was our favorite episode from this season? And what actually goes into making one of these? Why, these are all questions you might find answered in this season finale of season one of Real History. Thanks for sticking it out with us. I'm Jacob Burrows, and I don't know anything about history. And I'm Michael Tynan, and I'm actually quite disconcerted because I have no notes this time because this is a special type episode and normally I have a ream of notes to look at uh, but yeah this time it's going to be very airy fairy I think yeah I'm Mark Bell and uh, to be honest most of the time my notes are pretty messy anyway so it doesn't really matter for me yeah Mark has his coffee that's the only notes he needs kick in that massive historian brain of his <laughs> are any of us actually historians well what even makes us gives us the right to talk about this another question you might find answered in this week's episode yeah so um this is the end of season one we're doing 10 episodes and we're we're doing more right we're doing 10 more yeah season two we will do a season two yeah I think. hashtag real history uh, season two yes yeah i think um i think we might have to look at actually finally doing a TV series in season two, is that fair to say? Yes, and maybe we won't reveal which one quite yet, just to keep you on your toes and to keep <laughs> it's you... It's because we don't know which one. We may keep yeah. you on your toes. <laughs> We're gonna maybe, uh, I don't know, let you know somewhere between seasons. There will be a slight gap, and then we'll we'll swoop in and let you know what to start watching. And you can also email suggestions to showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. Let us know what you would like us to uh, discuss historically, or you can you can also tweet at us. What's the Twitter handle at real well, underscore history? Oh, I believe it is at real underscore yeah, history. That's, that's Mark, tweets um, are welcome. <laughs> you can also do what many others have done and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, thought we'd read some nice words about ourselves because you know it's this is our time. We just need the ego boost. I oh just yeah. Need it. Thanks, mom. <laughs> yes, we definitely don't know any of these people. Um, so this person says, best history podcast out there. I Okay. <laughs> oh, stop. You're the best history podcast out there. <laughs> I love movies, but know nothing about history. This podcast is perfect. It sounds like it was written by me. Yeah. It, it actually wasn't. Not this one. Um, so what else? What about a bad one? Do we? Oh, have- we don't get those, we Michael. We don't get bad reviews. Michael. Yes. And there's no reason to go and check if we have any no I think that would be too damaging to us is our opinion to bad reviews the same opinion that Stalin would have had to say incriminating photos of himself (laughs) they don't exist (laughs) yeah (laughs) a man ahead of his time uh, photoshop you know he would have loved photoshop Stalin Jesus born in the wrong era there would be no photo undoctored yeah Yeah. (laughs) Is another but that's review. just one of you on holidays. Why did you not? But it reminds uh, me of Putin. You know those photos of Putin where he's on the where he's like on the horse and he's like he's bare, on a horseback, like yeah. Chest on the horse, and you're like really though, really? scuba diving. So like, come on, pal, wrestling Despite- a line. <laughs> Despite what you're hearing right now, um, this reviewer actually called this my favorite history podcast. Uh, a great history podcast. My favorite uh, is the episode of the film I hadn't seen, Kingdom of Heaven. It's hilarious. More episodes, please. And another person says, very intimate podcast. You feel uh, more like you're listening to three mates chat about what they love rather than being lectured uh, from on high about history. That's definitely going to be the feeling this episode, I yeah, think. Yeah, there will be no lecturing in this episode. For once. <laughs> um, 
So let's see. Sorry about that, by the way. <laughs> about what? Lecturing. Oh, okay. No, that's kind of it's it's part and parcel. Uh, I think we have uh, another sort of review here from twofilmcritics.com who gives thumbs up for a podcast, real history for film buffs. It's great. It's pretty nice. Great, it's pretty nice. Two thumbs up. Yeah, and just in in part here, I suppose um, you only have two thumbs. Yeah. So well, fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'd say that's a hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to take a break from U.S. politics and apply fact checking to other than the political talking heads, try this offbeat podcast. Offbeat, I like that. Yeah. Offbeat. Okay. Uh, it's. I've never been described as offbeat <laughs> in my. Life. It's the work of three Irish lads. Well, it turns out one of them is Scandinavian. Yes, I'm fucking I'm Viking, Swedish. But yeah, um, but they're all in Dublin and speak with that irrepressible Irish lilt. Now, does that apply to me, guys? Have I picked up a irrepressible? Lilt? Well, yeah. I would, I would say, Jacob, you're. I don't know about the Irish lilt, but I would say you're irrepressible. Yeah, yeah, sure. just in general, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's the goal. A lilt, more like kind of like the soft drink lilt, you know, like a flat. That's my accent, you know. It's been left out too long. Anyway, I don't know. Other people find it charming, apparently. So we'll go with that. Brilliant. Um, so we have had uh, a few questions come in. One of them's asking about our favorite movie for this season out of the ones we've gone through. Um, anyone have a, a favorite picked out? Well, I, I'll be I'll be really really obvious. Well, obvious to you guys. Probably if you listen to the to the episode, um, it's obvious too. So my my favorite one is Gladiator. Um, historically, I mean, we do say in the episode, you know how we often talk about uh, that's the that's the moment that definitely didn't happen. Yeah, I mean the whole movie definitely didn't happen. There's like there's basically nothing accurate in it, other than some of the names. But yeah. um, I I just love that movie. I thought uh, just the craft that goes into it, how it looks, how it's shot. There's some just incredible shots of like the Colosseum and bits with the Roman army. They don't make any sense historically. They're wearing the wrong armor as I as I discussed in the uh, in the episode. So I'm not going to labor that too much. But that's it's just kind of a classic movie I think of the last what 20 years or 25 years whatever it was. Yeah. Um has all those great lines, you know, the are you not entertained and uh what's what's the one the Proximo says to him Ross shadows and dust or something like shadows and dust Maximus or something like that before he runs out and then he's like win the mob or win the crowd and Rome is the mob all those lines are brilliant what a movie yeah absolutely Um, Michael did you have one picked out uh, oh yeah, De- Stalin. Yeah, yeah. would uh, that be for as a film or because of the research or both? Well, I enjoyed researching nearly all of them. I think you know, um, I didn't research Anton for Darkest Hour, so that's why it's basically <laughs> a monologue of Marx. You know, yeah, uh, I, I would like to apologise for that episode. <laughs> We're all allowed to have a, a, a an off day, and that was mine because I I just didn't get around to it that time. Uh, but no, De- Stalin, just because first of all because it's a dark comedy that's the type of sense of humor i i like and because of that it's if you're not into russian history and are naturally maybe put off by the fact that it mainly involves a lot of tragedy you know uh yeah, if you it, it is really dark so if De- stalin brings comedy into it mm. uh so you'll kind of it'll br- br- uh, really stoke your interest and then you'll probably go on and learn more about it and i think that 
the fact that the, the complexity of Stalin, uh, the effect that it showed that one man could have on a massive society, um, I think that's what kind of stayed with me. Uh, as well as obviously his uh, love of gardening and his <laughs> love letters and all that kind of crack as well, you know. But no, yeah, de- was, Stalin was, for me, definitely. There were some amazing quotes that you, you'd pulled out, you'd, uh, like from your research on Stalin, where you were talking about like things that the the uh, state newspapers and stuff used to say about him, just these yeah. absolutely ludicrous things like yeah. the greatest genius of all time and yeah. peoples friend of all children or friend something of all yeah, children, yeah. yeah mountain eagle <laughs> yeah 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 they're all there one thing, I know. one thing about that movie as well that I just thought like wh- when I saw they were making that um, I remember reading about it because I basically I like to follow the the uh, the creator who came up with that movie uh, Armando Iannucci yeah so I, I I like to know what he's working on and stuff yeah and uh, when I saw they cast Steve Buscemi as Khrushchev I was like I just laugh for like mm. two minutes straight I just like this isn't like what genius came up <laughs> and that he Buscemi's? he agreed to it too yeah I and mean, it's amazing like, you know I just it's <laughs> such crazy casting you know a bunch of a bunch of like American and British guys playing these you know pivotal historical Russian figures yeah. and the fact that they use their own accents and everything it's so funny like you know um, what was the guy who played the who played the um, the Russian general um, Zukov Zukov yeah what was the actor playing him it's really uh, funny because he comes in with just this really broad Yorkshire accent yeah. it's like, Jason Isaacs yeah and he's yeah, like I've, yeah. I've fucked Germany I think I can handle this <laughs> yeah I, I, <laughs> a sa- well, yeah what's he called Barry a, a sack of flesh or a human, something a human yeah. flesh sack or yeah, something yeah, yeah. It's what about you, Jacob? Any particular favorite? Well, it's like looking back on it. We had a discussion just before where I was thinking the king, and then you guys reminded me about uh, our friend, the dude, the Dauphin, Dauphin, oh, the Dauphin, Dauphin yeah. yeah, Robert, Robert, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson, yeah. He is so bad in that film that I had blocked him out of my memory. And I was imagining the film and I was like, yeah, it's like cool and desaturated and like the prince is like really emo, but like it's cool. Yeah. And I don't know, just... He is actually super emo. That's a, He really is. Yeah, he? That's, just, that never occurred to me. To but that's his whole thing, isn't it? The dark, the dark troubled youth. You know, that's his... Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, yeah. that's I what suppose, he's going yeah. for. Because yeah. I thought it was weird casting, but now that you've said all that, I'm like, yeah, he is like that in all the movies though, isn't he? Yeah, he is. So have bit. you changed your mind on it then, Jacob? Yes, I don't think I can say The King. Of course, uh, for everyone keeping count, we've done The King, Gladiator, Death of Stalin, Kingdom of Heaven, which, you know, it's not a... It's not a favorite film because it could have been a favorite film. That's, and that's what's so annoying. That's what it is for me. <laughs> that movie was almost great. And just no. Mm, Orlando yeah. Bloom. No. So my favorite is actually Darkest Hour. Just kidding. It is Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> so your favorite movie is not a movie. Yes, it's not a movie. I guess if that disqualifies, it is my favorite piece of media and the one I've obviously like relived over and over. Uh but you know I'd say probably The Irishman beyond that because maybe it's recency maybe it's that I yeah. split it up into episodes but uh, yeah I I, uh, I actually really enjoyed that one and I think also a lot of these historical films I don't know why but they benefit from recency having just seen it yeah. because re-watching Outlaw King after having seen it like a year ago almost yeah. I was like Okay, so this is now very different from what I remember. <laughs> yeah, I think I think watching it um, earlier, we're like, this this is actually quite two dimensional, really. Yeah. Like a lot of the characters, it's very like, this is the good guy, this is the bad guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think I really 
thought that the first time I watched it, I have to say, and it didn't really occur to me. But I was more engrossed in just how the movie looked and stuff, and it was shot yeah. really well and things like that. You know, it is still very good, but but that does make it a little bit less uh, great to me. I'd say um, the, uh, my favorite episode that we've done, like of ours, is probably three hundred. Um, because it has such a good mix. I oh, think, yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, film-wise, it's, it wouldn't be my favorite either, but just as far as uh, our discussion on it, because yeah, yeah. as you know, dear listener, I learn more in each one of these episodes, and that one was just a great one to dive into this very well, alien culture. Let me ask you about Hamilton, though. Do you have... Um do you have like a favorite track, a favorite song from the musical, or do you have like a favorite line from the musical? Or ooh, um, I guess the one about it's shot and what he's not doing with it. No, it's not my favorite <laughs> yeah. line. Uh, so literally every song he sings. Yeah, exactly. It's all my oh my favorite. Uh, I like the opening track a lot, but I prefer the version that uh, Lin Manuel Miranda played in the White House. Oh with yeah, just the okay. piano. Yeah, so yeah. It's just him doing it. Um, but. Oh, it's got so many good ones. I can't really. Bear I, I I love the I love the track when it's um, I I can't remember quite what the name of the actual track is. I remember where it is in in the musical. It's, so it's after Hamilton has been dismissed by Washington, and he meets up with Lafayette, and Lafayette's trying to convince Washington to recall Hamilton back before mm. the Battle of Yorktown. Is it one shot or something? It's, oh, that's the earlier earlier one. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but he's like. He has it like uh, Lafayette has this line, and he it's, he raps it really, really, really fast, yeah. and uh, it's he's like, constantly confusing and ca- confounding. No, the, it's, it's even later than that one. It, it, well, actually, that might be the same song. Yeah, he's constantly confusing, confounding the British. No, Frenchman. well, no, sorry, that's when they're singing about um, that guy. <laughs> but he says he says Lafayette. He, he has yeah, his li- he, has, he has like three lines where he's saying to Washington, he's like, "What's he gonna do on the bench?" He's uh, ingenuitive and fluent in French. Yeah. But then he has this line where he says, uh, we need someone who has some resilience who matches my practical, tactical brilliance. Yeah. Just, yeah. That's an amazing line. You know, I love that. Very good. I mean, helpless. I'm just scrolling through it now. I'm sure this is why everyone's tuned into our history podcast. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about Hamilton again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, it's a popular one. Uh, right Hand Man is a uh, favorite as well because it has that uh, story in it. There's so yeah. much movement in yeah. the song. And so, and so here comes the general and this yeah. the, the thing about... Uh, Washington coming in he has a lot of really good lines as well Washington yeah. it's really good. his frustration at not being able to do anything he's supposed to do and Hamilton being promoted all really good stuff yeah there's that line in the movie where, well, where he's like the congress are telling me George attack the British forces and Hamilton writes back we have resorted to eating our horses yeah <laughs> like really puts into the context because you, you remember you were saying in the episode like Washington refers to his own army as a rabble you know they're yeah. just so poorly resourced yeah compared to the British Army, you know. Um, so we had some listener queries as well um, beyond that. And so one of them is, uh, what is each one of your backgrounds? Does anyone have a history education or is it just a hobby to you? <laughs> um, I'll go first. I'm Jacob Barros. I don't know anything about history. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it's barely a hobby. Uh, it's actually, I love, but but weirdly, I do love historical films and then learning about it afterwards. And I get to do that with these gentlemen right here, which is a very nice way of doing it. And so do you, if you're, I mean, presumably you're interested in it, you're listening to this. So, uh, well, you'd hope so. Yeah. History interest. I'd hope so. Uh, Mark, uh, what about you? Um, background in history. 
I have uh, like college qualifications, which are not pure history adjacent, I would say. Right. So like political science and then a specific part of history. So um, classical studies, so ancient history. You might which, notice Mark's love of classical history. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say earlier, like one of the things that, because uh, you mentioned 300 and I, I obviously say gladiator. I'm like, for me, the only time where I thought during these podcasts, I've actually done a good job there is that I didn't go off on too bad of a, of a random tangent on either of those episodes. Now, I know I still do a little bit, but, like, I was really trying to rein it in, mm. you know, especially when we were doing Gladiator, because, Michael, you brought in just an absurd amount of notes for that. And I was oh, like, well, oh, yeah. we're going to do an entire history of the Roman Empire. <laughs> you know? yeah, I do bit. tend to overdo things, you know. Yeah, It's a character flaw. I'm looking into it, you know. Well, <laughs> I can relate to it uh, more now because I very, like, freely can just basically show up i make the microphones happen and all that stuff yes so, and all the editing you yes know. uh so i don't do as much of the research i mean i look into it a little, little bit but uh, a lot of it is also hearing you know you guys go into detail on certain topics and uh we've been meaning to do an episode where i do more of the bulk of the research specifically because it's history i'm interested in and now i understand more how you felt before like the gladiator episode Michael, that was when you were a bit... Well, like, the thing was that the la- like the lads are always like, okay, well, let's do it this weekend. I'm like, I need fucking two weeks to research <laughs> that. That's not happening this weekend. Are you fucking mad? So, you know, that's one of the main things. So we've made one season, but it's taken a bit of time. But, you know, it's history and all like, that. I'll, I'll have to Who's in a rush? I'll have to confess at this point, like, a lot of the movies that we picked, lot of, like, I, like, I pushed for a lot of these specific movies because I knew... I don't really need to do that much research on this because this is reasonably fresh in my mind <laughs> because yeah. it's it's stuff that yeah. I've, I've either like read a lot about mm. or had recently read books about. Yeah. Like the only the only one I'd say that's not true for is like was the Death of Stalin, yeah. um, where I where I did have to read up a little bit. But I, a couple of years ago, I read that Robert Service um, biography of Trotsky. So some of it was kind of fresh, yeah. but a lot of it was coming to me as you were talking to me Michael like yeah. you were saying oh yeah that sounds well, well it's yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, you picked that. up yeah, yeah. Through, down through the years a yeah, lot of it yeah, you yeah, know exactly. and sometimes you just need to have it condensed down into something that's readable and so I, th- uh, I think season 2 I'm going to be a little bit more goosed like because I think we're kind of we're kind of we're, are we scraping the bottom of the barrel well, I'm, 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 start, I'm starting to think now because I was looking at some of the other movies we were thinking about and I'm like whoa I don't know loads about that you know, I'm yeah. not really sure that's why I was like let's do some Irish movies you know? yeah. like, no no I don't need to research that yeah. I, I know who Michael Collins yeah. was you know? and we've deliberately strayed away from Irish movies so far so that we don't get criticised by our home audience M- Michael, Michael you know? and I are afraid of uh, afraid of people learning what our political leanings are maybe is, is that fair to say like we don't want to get in trouble yeah I don't want to be crucified we've never discussed yeah. any of that yeah. say yeah. going I'm, into well, you yeah. know government in the UK or anything well, like, like that well yeah I, that's another thing I was restrained about I, I think I mentioned Dominic Raab but I didn't have too much a go at, at uh, everyone's forgotten about him now so yeah, it's fine true, don't true, worry about true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know <laughs> he, he sailed off into the sunset yeah this so is the guy fine. who was the, the Brexit secretary he was like right. oh I don't know where Calais is and you're like mate like it's you can really see Calais from England. What's wrong with you? You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, uh, Michael. I would assume you would also title yourself as an uh, excited amateur in the realm of history. Yeah, no, I uh, I studied Fre- uh, French and history. That's kind of where my my background would be. Um, so you do among have a, a thousand degree. other different weird weird jobs, but I suppose. I've always like even if I wouldn't have studied history or whatever, I I've 
even if I didn't uh, I wouldn't have uh, studied as much as Mark anyway but I would always have like I, I just can't stay away from it. I'm a history nerd like you have a degree like, in history, I have uh, I have two diplomas <laughs> okay so he's yeah. the only one who actually with any kind of uh, qualification in pure history like in in, mm. hi- in history history yes whereas mm. mine's ludicrously specific yeah. yeah though in my defense as well this is also what i aim to bring to the table whether i do so or not is not up to me uh but so my uh background is more in film and i never really wanted to go to a film school to study like film science because there was a lot of that about and i was always like no, no, I want to, like, make the films. Like, why are there so many more people studying the theory of it than the practice the, yeah, of it? Yeah, right, that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a degree in writing for film and television. Um, that was intentionally taken at a school that was very, um, uh, like, practical, whereas you'd write a script, but then you also film it. I started taking random film classes there before I knew what I wanted to do. Oh, wow. So it's a, a mix of film classes and, like, graphics and, and things like that in the media part. And then I joined the degree, so a bachelor's in writing for film and television, which I am applying to good use by doing podcasts. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, what it, else should you be doing? Well, Jacob? it's it's film adjacent, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yes, it yeah. is. There's some writing involved in this, kind of. Yeah. Sort of, um, this yeah. is yeah, being listened to by a Hollywood summer, producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is being listened to by a Hollywood producer and it's going to be picked up, Jacob. So don't Listen, worry. Yeah. I mean, stranger yeah. things have happened, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a massive hit. <laughs> Yeah. Segwaying See, this into is what a the, degree gets you. Yeah, yeah. I used to work for a sitcom, goddammit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's our backgrounds. Any other questions here? We have one that's a bit uh, different. Outside of the wheel, which invention has done the most to progress hum- humankind? That's from Daisy and Rathgar. That's a, well, that's a, that's a big question. It is Outside big of question. the wheel, what invention has done the most to progress humankind so is that what it was yes and i would dissect it by saying what is progression anyway people see evolution as something that where you're going from a to b mm. but it's just a random series of adapting to situations um so i'm not sure we're better off in many respects in that we're destroying the planet and such now but no. i would all still say uh the computer <laughs> the computer is going to be out there i like Wow, that's a. I mean, it's pretty broad. Uh, immunization, probably. Immunization is yeah. good. One, yeah, yeah, that one's all right. <laughs> that's all right. That's done some good. Go, you going know. going further back, um, whoever invented the boat, that was a pretty good move. Yeah, like yeah, the, the idea answer. of being able to spread um, information across waterways is definitely definitely a big one. Like this is with my classics head on here, but like if you think about like where Greek and Roman civilization came from out of the Fertile Crescent that's all come across from the Mediterranean yeah which are the, water, right? the waterways the alphabet is pretty important as well right aqueducts yeah that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm definitely going for more like my brain just jumps to more practical things so you say alphabet I say the printing press the printing but press is a good one yeah it's a good one but I still don't feel like humankind before and after the printing press is as different as before and after like advanced information technology um because like yeah you could reproduce information but this is a like exponential revolution yeah so it's a scale thing it's like it's it's a scaling thing don't forget uh hagendas ice cream hagendas it's pretty yeah pretty good you know it's improved the well-being of humankind you know (laughs) 
and that's that can't you know be argued not, with. You know they're not sponsoring us, though, right? You know that's not <laughs> real history sponsored by Hag. I mean, if they want to sponsor us, <laughs> well, I'm uh, open to that. Yeah, yeah, like really people yeah. do eat Hagendas and listen to this podcast, and they do eat Hagendas and make this podcast. Well, that's not what we when we did so. the podcast. though we Black Forest Gato. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> going to bring that up. Why are you giving all this pu- free publicity to another company when we're clearly the official podcast of Black Forest Gato? <laughs> How uh, did that happen? Uh, it's a random series of events. Yeah. yeah, I brought up Black Forest Ghetto. It just mm-hmm. it was just bizarrely random. You're just like, I brought something, and you're like, what? Why is he brought Black Forest Ghetto? I'm not mad. Like, I'm not mad he's at like, this. He's like, I panicked. I panicked. I didn't know. <laughs> Pretty much, like, how do you celebrate a season finale of a podcast if not with Black Forest, with Black Forest Ghetto? Ghetto? We that, should yeah. say, by the way, uh, listener. Uh, that we are currently outside of our normal Queen Maeve studio and we are currently at a lonely location in the Irish countryside. Yeah, hence the ghetto. Somewhere in the Irish Midlands. And probably the internet connection will drop, so none of this will actually register. So we'll probably have to do this again. But anyway, if we do make it true, you'll know it's it's an original. Yeah, and we do have a fire, actually. This is what I like... Uh, people to imagine when they imagine us not in a boxy type studio in uh, in front of a roaring fireplace we each have our own armchairs we go yes and swirl things around yeah, the glass and there's some nice woodwork around us you know that's yeah yeah it's a good environment alright yeah, we're moving up in the world lads yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, another question here what would each of you list as the movie that uh, closest is the closest to reality of the event or character that it portrays and I, I think this could be interpreted either as of the movies we've done or just in general, depending on your thoughts. Do you have any in that's mind? Very good question. Yeah, that's that's really hard to say. I, like immediately, the first thing I thought was the Irishman, mm. um, because I think you were saying it, uh, Michael, that like when you watched it, having read the book, you could notice that there was like lines of dialogue or specific scenes that were lifted directly from the verbatim. Book. Yeah, yeah, like verbatim. Right, and so. the thing I think what the, the difficulty is with the Irishman if you want to say that the source material for it is uh, I hear you paint houses the thing with that is if you're the, the movie is extremely loyal to that book the problem is that Frank she, Frank Sheeran basically we don't know if he was actually telling the truth he, he could have been, been just lying yeah. like there's a lot of other evidence out there from you know other sources that state that he didn't do half the things that he said yeah, so, so it's a difficult one to kind of call actually yeah. we were talking about this earlier where I was saying I was watching an interview with uh, Michael Francis he was a, he was a, uh, a capo in the Colombo crime family and he was he was saying that some of what Sheeran claims in I heard you paint houses it's just not true like he was talking about specifically there's one hit Crazy Joe Crazy Joe yeah, yeah. so that's the one in the restaurant right where he just bursts yeah. into the restaurant and blows the guy away and uh, Francisi was in the restaurant when that happened and he's like it, it wasn't it, it wasn't Sheeran yeah. but then you have to wonder well why would Frank Sheeran say that was this him this is it like, like is he covering for somebody else is or, he covering or, for someone else you know it's a crazy thing to do when you think about it but I think in terms of what's the most what's the closest to reality though like the advantage that the Irishman has is that it's it's the most recent one we've done, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and there's footage of all these people. We know what Jimmy Hoffa was like. There's hundreds Some, of sources if you were if yeah. you were willing to look for them, you know. Just quotes, just photos of yeah. them, all of that kind of stuff. Where whereas that's not true for the others. There's freedom also, of information requests. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, this. CIA yeah. involvement, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. But with the other movies, a lot of them are, are, are you know a lot longer ago and. 
some of them are open to interpretation in ways that others aren't like yeah. we did the, we did the movie 300 but that's based on a graphic novel that's based on the events and it's kind of a romanticized and and it's based on one source yeah effectively it's kind of a hyper hyper reality kind of thing yeah. it's not meant to be real it's meant to be you know it's it's a comic book essentially like you know so everything's overly dramatic i would be interested did you do you have any ideas with that jacob about which is the most historically accurate i mean it's very difficult to beat the irishman just because of the The recency recency. so i think like when you're moving to talk more about something more of a a biopic um it's like you've got to judge it maybe more on how are they exaggerating the characters and so on so if you if we look at it like a biopic and compare the Irishman to say Darkest Hour, I think we all found there to be a cartoonishness to Darkest yeah, Hour that yeah. isn't in you know. I think the, I, I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my neck out and say like we always have that moment or we like to have a moment in the movies where like that's the that's the scene that definitely didn't happen. Yeah. I think Darkest Hour has the most egregious yeah. one of those the the uh, underground scene with Churchill when he's on the train. Yeah. Shocking, like, which we yeah. did get into for about yeah. half the episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it was so absurd, you know. I just, I think I even said in the episode, like any any kind of connection you had with the movie or any kind of feeling you had that it was real is really broken by that scene. Hmm. You know, it's just he'd be talking to like a, a cobbler on the train. It's just complete fish out water thing well, uh, that wouldn't have happened, and, and especially wouldn't Winston have happened Churchill that day. And it's. <sighs> Yeah, it really punctures the whole idea that, uh, like, I think those moments are bad in that if you do something like that, but you do it for, like, an economical reason, like, make a change, and in Hamilton combining a bunch of characters, for example, or, like, there's loads of places where a change doesn't change things. Yeah. It's just there to clarify. Yeah. And this is, like, the opposite, where this is less, like, oh this is where you really feel the hand of the writer going now we need this kind of moment so we're yeah gonna oh do yeah this. yeah it's very much like this is script writing 101 kind of stuff yeah but the thing that really i, I thought was really kind of egregious about it is it's it's this whole thing where he's like he has that moment and he comes back and he's like oh, i'm speaking for the people you know he has a whole you know he has to think that people want this and people want that then at the end of the movie you know they have the like the little, the little lines of facts that come up afterwards. Yeah. And he referenced the fact that Churchill is voted out of office immediately. And, like, you're kind of going, okay, well, he's the champion of the people, but the people get rid of him as soon as they can. You know, so mm. it doesn't even, it doesn't even work within its own context, you know. Well, I just think that movie, okay, it's a bit of a fluff piece, as we said at the time, but uh, you still need to buy into what they're selling you which is they're trying to sell you a certain version of events but you have to be enraptured by the uh, by the by the story and go along with it and you can for most of it even if you did look at it meticulously and go that date that isn't shouldn't have that was a completely different date that event took place whatever but what really shatters the the shatters it and brings you back to reality is a stupid fucking scene like that (laughs) you know where all of a sudden he it's like i said i think when we did it it reminds me of a semi-comical moment in a play yeah you know um which is like a a distraction from the main uh trust of the of the play uh, a comic moment and you're just like this doesn't make any sense at all it doesn't fit here so that's really one day it will always stick stick out me what definitely didn't fucking happen as we always say you know what about what about like scenes in any of the movies that were particular favorites do you guys have any like moments or scenes in movies or or in or in hamilton um that were 
particularly I guess I mentioned Hamilton already but like any any scenes where you're like I, I wish that did happen or like I, I uh, hope that yeah. did happen or yes Stalin's son uh, when when Stalin has body has been discovered and he and he rushes in and he meets all the doctors and they're yes. this ragtag bunch of doctors because Stalin has in his paranoia purged all the good doctors because he believed it was a Jewish conspiracy <laughs> and his son uh, Vasily is it yeah Vasily yeah. yeah he runs in and he's this over the top <laughs> ridiculous comic character and he just starts shouting at them you know and calling one of them was it a testicle yeah and yeah. all this kind and of he stuff says, he says to a guy yeah. like he's too young to be a doctor isn't yeah, he? so yeah he's like I'm old yeah <laughs> so there's that there's them kind of scenes that stand out me but uh, I, I think that I think the thing with the De- Stalin is I had watched before we went even thought about doing these podcasts because I yeah. love Armando Anucci's yeah. work so that was probably why it sticks in my mind a bit more well I really love uh, I mean it's a bit morbid but like the ending of the death of Stalin as well where they kind of don't they set fire to Beria as well yeah like, they, do <laughs> burn them. they just like, they mercilessly execute them court where they're yeah. like turning on each other very quickly that whole sequence I was like this is mental did this happen yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah they, 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 they shoot him and then set him on fire right isn't, yeah. that, isn't yeah. that what happens in the movie <laughs> not real though right didn't he have like a whole uh, show trial and he everything? was he wasn't killed immediately but yeah. he was killed as far as I'm aware in that fashion more or less oh really but it was oh. a few months later okay. like the, the the Soviets at that time when you were a traitor they in a way they like to drag it out because they like to get publicity that they found a traitor within their midst uh and that they could then extract confessions from they had a whole system like the nkvd was based on that yeah so it was like unless it was a panic they rarely shot someone do you know what i mean straight away they like to to either make them disappear or or uh kind of bleed them dry of information (laughs) mythical information most of it Yeah. yeah Uh, another favorite moment again going to Hamilton for uh, the duel between Aaron Burr and Hamilton at the end and so as we mentioned in the podcast the first chapter of Founding Brothers um, which is one of our the main research I did anyway um, it's like goes into detail on what everything that happened before that moment and all the fallout that happened afterwards Mm. and motivations for everyone involved and how that connected with other moments and it just like it's already a good scene in the musical but just having that extra knowledge behind it yeah really 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 plays it up for you yeah Yeah, and in general yeah learning like learned loads about John Adams now <laughs> yeah <laughs> where he's just referred to as a fat motherfucker I yeah, think. yeah it's, it's he, he, re- like, I mean, he really gets short shrift doesn't he yeah, in, in, in yeah. Musical, like, it's it, I'm definitely pleased that you guys picked Hamilton because it was a part of history that I had brushed over the American Revolution you know many years ago and kind of put it back in my mind that I wasn't that interested in it anymore and then you guys kind of bringing up Hamilton and looking at it from a different way it sort of did rekindle my interest in it a lot so I am kind of like you said looking at the John Adams TV show and learning all about these weird little political ideas that they had at the time which you know were radical even by some of them were ra- are even radical by today's standards you know well, I, I really liked it, one one element of it uh, one element of the musical I really liked was there's obviously um like a major element of it is is Lin Manuel Miranda is fitting it into kind of 
the hip hop aesthetic and the hip hop kind of context and stuff and the way he you know the the cabinet battles where they have the oh, rap yeah. battles and he had the way he has it arranged is like that, that like Madison is like Jefferson's hype man you know what I mean yeah. like, he's like holds the mic from him he's like let him let him have it Thomas <laughs> you know, this whole kind of thing you know like smoke him Thomas you know and he's like uh Oh my! Oh, oh dear! What a blunder! It makes me wonder why I even bring the thunder. And the guy's like, "Even bring the thunder." You know, he's like his hype man in the background. I like. I just thought that was hilarious. Like, you know, because like if you read like, if you read into the into the founding fathers and you, and you kind of read about the relationship between Jefferson and Madison, they're very they're very tight and they're very similar ideals. And you know, and one kind of is seen like Madison is kind of seen as Jefferson's successor as president, even you know, in in a lot of ways because they're both you know ideologically very similar so I, I really like the way he positioned it that way yeah and Jefferson was more like flashy from what I've read yeah and like would yeah. be the guy doing the rap and Madison was the one negotiating everything behind yeah. the scenes and putting stuff together yeah because so. like in, in reality like Jefferson was really really famous because the, the, the whole thing is he wrote the declaration and the declaration yeah. was just this massive thing in, in, in American culture still is even and like even yeah, when he was got a map on the back yeah yeah, as we all know from uh, National Treasure, right? Yeah, I mean, another... Is that something is from that season something? two? Oh, God. <laughs> can we not do Nick Cage movies? Like, <laughs> uh, Can we not not do Nick Cage movies? <laughs> yeah, Let us know to. in a review. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd have you know Nick Cage cares deeply about historical accuracy in all his films. Yes, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. The weirdest thing about him, right, Nick Cage, this is slightly off topic here, but he was cast by Tim Burton to play Superman in a Tim Burton movie. It never happened, obviously, but... Nick Cage is Superman I just what are they smoking <laughs> yeah. uh, so I wanted to mention as well Hamilton is such a great example everything you mentioned like the cabinet battles mm. that's how I learned about those conflicts within the founding fathers yeah, like, yeah. you just have I think a lot of people like me walk around in a haze where it's like whether you're American or not like it's like yeah there's the ones on the big cliff and they're the important ones. They're the big founding fathers. <laughs> yeah. And that's oh yeah. Not yeah, accurate. Yeah. The guys who were on Mount Rushmore, right? Yeah. That big cliff. One that is a cool thing to do. Sorry, Mac. No, go ahead. I was going to say one of them is Lincoln, right? On, yeah. On one of them is Lincoln, yeah. and one of them is uh, uh, Roosevelt. Right. Okay. Okay. I think Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. That's, that's, that's probably it. right. Yeah. I, I should probably fact check that since so, we're on a fact checking. So that podcast. definitely doesn't fit in. But I, I mean, I remember you were saying, Michael, you were saying to me like, like would you always include this person in the founding fathers or that person yeah. in the founding like very difficult to really argue it down to say who is or who isn't because I remember you said is Aaron Burr considered one yeah I'm like no but considering his impact maybe he should be you know I mean it's 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 one like, look, it's they need more America, space on Mount Rushmore I think yeah. yeah or maybe they should just do something with the founding fathers because I don't think they're even all on the money I don't think yeah. Madison's on any of the money yeah, Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy, yeah, old, yeah. old Cliff. Yeah. Maybe they could build an old, I don't know, aircraft carrier after one of them or something. Oh, I'm sure there is yeah. that. Yeah. They name high schools and stuff after them all. Yeah. Actually, I'm just wondering now: are all the people on Mount Rushmore? Well, no, Washington's on it, right? Um, yes, we have Washington, Jefferson, and then Roosevelt and Abraham Lincoln. And I was reading up on this. I don't remember why, but that's why I brought it up. Um, but because I was checking, like, I was like, when was this made? It was in a film or something. I was mm. like, and I was like, it is a tourist attraction, but they it did make it very big. So it's yeah. in like, isn't like one of the Dakotas, right? North or South Dakota? Or uh, yeah, South Dakota. I suppose they were like, look at that mountain. It's not doing I actually anything. thought when you were saying the president's names, <laughs> is, it, is it the presidents who were assassinated? 
They're it's, supposed it's, to be. Oh, the, it's not. It's not. It's Washington wasn't. Neither was Jefferson. No. The idea being the four presidents were chosen to represent the nation's birth, growth, development, and preservation. So that's specifically George Washington being birth, Jefferson growth, uh, Theodore uh, development, and preservation mm. for Lincoln, I guess. Well, he did. He did save the Union, I yeah. suppose, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. Roosevelt's uh, a, a, a guy who, like, I mean, I'm sure there must be a movie, but. There, you know the way we're always like, oh, there should be a HBO TV series about this guy. If you just read anything about Teddy Roosevelt, it's mental. This the guy was crazy. The stuff he came up with, like he's so influential on their on their their culture. But he was like a really, he's like the kind of character that couldn't become president now. He's far too controversial. Like, yeah, like he was, uh, he was like part of this like. Uh, attachment in the British or, or, or the British Army, the American Army called the Rough Riders, and they were like <laughs> they were like these like crazy cowboy cavalry unit, like, and they were in like the Spanish American War, they invaded Cuba and stuff. But he also invented the forward pass on American football, like that's a great like what, and also teddy bears are named after this, the same guy. Like, <laughs> well, I, yeah, but what I love about a lot of these characters is that they were all they were all a lot of them were political geniuses or yeah. this type of thing, but they also like kind of you can tell they didn't have constant entertainment and netflix all the time because like they spent their time like creating useful little inventions yeah well, like Thomas, the swivel chair Thomas <laughs> inventing the swivel chair yeah, yeah. i mean that's like, like that's, that, that's something that everyone has everyone has a chair yeah. that spins around right everyone's office yeah. literally he invented that because he was bored yeah. i mean it's just crazy <laughs> that's what i mean you know? yeah. yeah it's great like think all this shit we could invent if we got he had, he had another little invention that was like it was like a someone he was writing it was like an arm that attached onto his onto his quill, and then it attached to another arm that you could put another quill into. Oh, and so he'd, he'd so he'd it. hold two pieces of paper one, so he'd have a copy of every letter he wrote. That's crazy. Like, yeah. you know, that's in the seventeen eighties. Like, yeah. and he's just bored. Long winters, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe had a fight with the missus. Well, and, bear in mind yeah. as well. I mean, he's he, he's what he Jefferson is what he used to refer to himself as like a yeoman farmer. But that just basically means I have a bunch of enslaved folks who do all the work for me, so I'm just going to sit here in my mansion and uh, be a yeoman. Be a yeoman, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? We know yeah. he's really doing the planting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, yeah. So the cabinet battles, just as an example, it's like that's how I learn about those conflicts and schisms, and that then also it's just a perfect example of then like we we'll read we read a lot of. Um, uh, of uh, Founding Brothers or I read a lot of Founding Brothers before doing the podcast but then I was like I still have a lot left and I read the rest of it and I never would have done that if not for this and now I know loads about the Founding Brothers yeah, yeah. and I'm, I've, I've also uh, acquired a copy of uh, I Hear You Paint Heard You Paint Houses uh, mm-hmm. though I haven't read it yet I yeah I actually did the audiobook on that one mm. I Heard You Paint Houses because when you, you were talking about Michael and you were like picking out little snippets of information about Frank Shear and I think that the, the one thing that I was like really fascinated by is when you mentioned his war record yeah. you know he's like oh most uh, soldiers in, in World War 2 they would see like 90 days of action and he saw like 400 days of action Just and in the film it is wanting they only really skim over it now I understand they, like although it's three hours long like they didn't have time to go too much into seeing him in, you know, going up through Italy and all that. Maybe that would have been interesting, but maybe Robert De Niro was just too old. You know? Well, they did too. CGI him. One thing I will yeah. say about the movie, the CGI is a little dodge at, at some parts. Like, it's a little dodgy, isn't it? Like, he yeah. looks... His, it's like, for me, his, his eyes. His eyes are just slightly off. Or his hair's too black in, so, in certain yeah, scenes. You, yeah, you can yeah. tell it's dyed just for a man. Black. 
you know it was, isn't it a sad state of affairs in Hollywood where they have to use de-aging technology on actors because they can't get anyone like I know they want They're him better. to look the same way but if you look at those like Marvel movies they de-age Sam Jackson and de-age Michael Douglas because they can't get actors like I don't know if these yeah. same actors would have worked for this film The Irishman but um, like Scorsese did make The Departed a few years ago um, and it used Wahlberg DiCaprio yeah um, and I know Jack Nicholson was I suppose a bit of a, a heavyweight at Hollywood but st- uh, or an older he was definitely older anyway but like there is you could conceivably there is people they can yeah, use no, there is, for those there is, roles sure. you know I love that movie as well I love, you know when he walks into the bar he's like who let this IRA motherfucker into my pub yeah <laughs> I love that it's great but yeah I think uh, Scorsese use, has used DiCaprio in a lot of his movies um, in the last kind of 20, 25 years yeah. or thereabouts to the point where you kind of think is he is he replacing De Niro now because you know De Niro was his guy yeah. for so long it's yeah. almost like DiCaprio's his guy ah, now you're thinking of because their names start with the yeah, presumably he's like this sounds like another Italian guy I'll, I'll use it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> use this, this guy be good. Uh, well since we're on the topic of actors we have a question here uh, name your top actor to replace your least favorite actor in a movie, i.e., who would you pick to play Orlando Bloom or the Orlando Bloom character rather in Kingdom of Heaven, Jesus. or who would you pick to replace uh, Robert Pattinson for the King? That's a good question. Um, replace Orlando Bloom. So the the thing that I think he the thing that kills it for me. With Orlando Bloom isn't even just his inability to deliver a line mm-hmm. but he can't and I think I say it in the episode like he can't do an intense look like he can't stare, <laughs> he, can't into, stare. he can't stare into the middle distance compare it to Outlaw King yeah great staring yeah I mean like you know and by no means are we saying uh, Chris Pine is this like you know legendary Tasman or whatever but like Orlando Bloom can't even look like he's feeling an emotion. It's just, it's he's just so dead faced all the time, and some of that is probably because he's trained to look that way, to be in still photographs, you know, because he's, he's he's like a model or whatever. Yeah. But so fair enough, like, and I mean, I, I know I eviscerated him, but I don't even mean it as a personal thing against him. I don't have anything personally against him, obviously, but I mean it's bad casting because he can't carry the film, right? Well, so, he didn't buy you around back that time you met him in the pub. Well, you know, I mean, criminal criminal behavior in Ireland was it were you saying Tom Hardy was it Tom Hardy I think would would have done a good job because so I'm trying to so what I was doing right I was trying to think of a movie where the lead guy doesn't have that many lines but still carries off his gravitas yeah yeah, so so still carries off the character and the the movie that immediately jumped to mind was was, uh, Fury Road the Mad Max movie where Tom Hardy has like four lines yeah. But he's but you know exactly what the character's thinking all the time, and he's, it's really intense. And it's all in his face. He carries all of it just in the look. I think Dan, Daniel Craig as well would have Daniel Craig would, would be, be good, good, at, good at that too. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good show too. Yeah, they need to have. Be, I suppose the, the simplest way they need to know how to act, and uh, <laughs> you know they need to be able to well, use. Sorry now, yeah. you you defended Orlando Bloom to me. I, I think I think you're like, oh, he's good as Legolas in in Lord of the well, Rings. Like, I, well, I yeah, but I think okay. he 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 he's good as Legolas because he's meant to be an elf and he has that sort of sallow complexion, so right. he looks like you expect an elf to look like. Okay, fair enough. Do you know what I mean? Um, but no, I definitely think. Like so, like Daniel Craig or Tom Hardy, someone who uses expressions to actually convey their feelings. I, like I, I just yeah I, yeah, I I get what you mean. I just yeah. th- those are actors who can just kind of yeah. 
they just give you the right look they yeah. just kind of they, they look, look pained or they look like, depressed or they look you know. the other one I thought about was Liam Neeson like he is in Kingdom of Heaven but he plays Balliol's father so he plays the father of uh, Orlando Bloom's character yeah. but I think actually you know if he was Balian yeah I think like I know he was supposed to be young or that but like in the historical sources Balian isn't exactly young no. do you know what I mean no, so not, no. it's just, they, they only created the Balian in the film so they could have this backstory and because he was supposed to be like a good looking model you know so, so, so what about Robert Pattinson then guys who, who would you uh, I was just trying to figure that out and I was originally looking for some kind of young actors but then I remembered uh, if I'm not wrong in the king the ages are all fucked anyway they yeah. are uh, yeah so well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I would have done there yeah. Timothy Chalamet plays the plays the Dauphin yeah. but yeah. then who's the yeah. king Mark literally anyone else like who but we need know. someone who's like really emo do you have someone in your back pocket no I don't have someone in my back pocket okay, okay fair okay well, I'll give you a counter offer okay replace the Dauphin with you come, Lodu for Alexandra Skarsgård. Oh yeah, okay. I said Skarsgård, but it's Skarsgård. Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm Swedish. Are you? Yeah, you're Alexander Skarsgård. Which one is he? Though? He's he, the blonde fella from True Blood. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he would be the Dauphin. Yep. Yeah. Okay. He can can play, he speak French? Yeah, I'm sure he'll. Who cares? Because Robert not, Pattinson can't. I guess he's not even like the most amazing actor ever. But I, he's great at playing a dick. Okay, <laughs> okay. And I could see him in a French accent. Yeah. And him being really frustrated again compared to the uh, eccentric performance in Outlaw King and such. We need the Dauphin to be like someone who's really annoyed that you've come into his land and yeah. he's going to destroy you and yeah, I think yeah. of Alexander Skarsgård Skarsgård yeah that's, that's not I know um, I know this guy is a little bit like uh, D- uh, Jean Dujardin I think his name is I know he's a little bit like the token French movie French actor in every the, Hollywood the art, movie is that the guy from The Artist yeah but, but I think though, no? he might be a bit old but like uh, like that's the thing like the the, the the fact that the the prince is young in the king is a choice you know there oh, yeah, was no, different yeah, yeah. That's yeah, fair. they That's didn't fair. really care too much about the details there but i think he he is a good like he is a decent french actor and he can play a clown you know yeah like his background is in, is in actually, comedy and actually the character pattinson plays is even like is a lot younger than pattinson was even right yeah Right. Louis the Duke of Guyenne I think he's like 18 so mm. the well, age doesn't matter okay hmm. well let me counter offer my own offer Ooh, I changed my mind it's actually should be Bill Skarsgård who is yeah there's like eight of them um Bill Skarsgård he's, he's the guy who plays Pennywise in It oh. and uh, he's in like, oh, Castle horrific. Rock horrific I, I was going to say uh, what movie is he in where he's not heavily heavily yeah, 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 makeup and stuff you know? uh, but yeah I, I, there's uh, like him is, he's some, actually someone I've seen in like Swedish films before coming abroad and stuff, oh so do you know I what I, I'm going to make I'm going to make a wild just one of these like pull it out of nowhere kind of things of a movie. he's in Deadpool 2 yeah and he plays a character who vomits acid whose name is I can't remember the fucking character's name but it's really funny because he's in the scene where Deadpool creates like a superhero group and they all die yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah like five minutes yeah. and he, he gets like electrocuted yeah. what is he called 
Uh, he has been in loads of stuff. Uh, yeah, the Castle Rock TV show is one that we actually did review some of on showswhatyouknow.com. If you go there and listen really? to our Castle Rock talk, we didn't do much of it because I didn't like the show very much. Uh, neither did Jim, my co-host, on that podcast. So we just left it. Yeah, but... you need to like what you're reviewing, I think, you know. It yeah, helps. It a helps. Bit. Yeah. But Bill Skarsgård, he, he is, like, perfect for, like, a younger... Like he is has that creepy feel to yeah. him, and like yeah, he he'd do a good job, I think. Okay, good show. Good show. I'm only allowed to put in Swedish actors; it's part of the union. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's who we're replacing, Robert Pattinson with. Yeah, Bill Skarsgård. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Mm. So I think this might be the last listener question. It's very simple. What's your favorite period of history, and why? The Crusades, Michael. <laughs> Definitely ah. the Crusades. You love, you do love them, though. You well, I them. do. Yeah. Well, uh, love the my s- famous slip of the tongue there. Yeah. Uh, if I had to pick, uh, like, simply because of the amount of written sources, even if you know you have to take them all with a pinch of salt, uh, I I think the way the ability we have to be able to recreate the Roman world, no surprises with this answer, <laughs> um, like allows you to kind of really imagine the day-to-day lives of people there a lot more than in societies that didn't uh, uh, didn't had an oral tradition and didn't actually write down things so i think personally like the fact that you can read about the political wranglings and rivalries between different roman senators and that type of thing and put it all into a picture of their ancestors following from one generation to the other uh, it, it kind of gives it it's a very coherent even if like we've we maybe only know maybe 10 percent of what happened so are you are you know. saying so in in roman history you're talking about the late republic yeah essentially that's the that's the period of time i keep going back to all the time because it has it holds so much uh variety basically yeah that's uh, that, that's slightly irked me because that would probably would have been my pick yeah. but there's um <laughs> there's um probably staying uh in the ancient world i i'm really really interested in the the uh hellenistic period so that's um after the death of alexander the great because again there's kind of like what you were just saying there michael there's this kind of um, big political intrigue and there's various wars between Alexander's successors and certain kingdoms get founded as a result of that and, and the things that, you know, later on we get conquered by the Romans or get subsumed into the empire in one way or another. But um yeah, you just you see a lot of uh a lot of advances in, in um medicine and science and technology all around that period and f- the founding of cities which still now exists. Yeah. Like the yeah. capital of Afghanistan, that's Alexandria. It's mm. not in it's not called Alexandria, obviously it's called Kandahar, which is mm. the Afghan for Alexandria. Mm. But you've also got Alexandria in Egypt and there's like ten other ones and you know, these like large cities he, and Alexander famously and got around. He did get around and he yeah. and he very humbly named twelve cities after himself. <laughs> yeah. Um but I, I think that's a really interesting period of history. Um other than that, I think medieval period. I'm really interested in like the feudal period around where you've got like lords and dukes and different kings and you know the crusades and the power of the pope and all that kind of stuff and i think probably that period is 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 gone through a little bit of a 
uh, excuse the pun, a little bit of a renaissance. And some of that is down to the Game of Thrones TV show, I yeah, think. You definitely. know, this whole call your banners, all of that kind of yeah. stuff like this. He's the Lord Paramount of the Reach and all this kind of stuff. But those kinds of titles, that's real stuff. Like, those things they, exist. And they're stories that were hiding in plain sight. They've just been yeah. kind of overlooked. Yeah, yeah. And then somebody brought them back, put dragons and a bit of nudity on them, and then all of a sudden, you know, but it's it, a worldwide it, and, it's, and it's especially evident, like, when you when you live in Western Europe, like... When you live in like Britain or Ireland or France or somewhere or somewhere like that, and you see like the castles and like the little towns that exist around the place, and then you like if you like even a little cursory bit of research, it, it all gets tied back, or a lot of it gets tied back to that period where certain towns exist because there was a castle there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. um, the big the big castle in Ireland, Trim, like that, that whole town, Trim, just didn't exist until that castle was there, mm. and it's all like even the formation of the town is along the roadway that leads up to the castle gates mm. and stuff and that's really really common all around Britain and Ireland and in France and stuff so that stuff's pretty interesting what me. about you Jacob well um, I I'd say of the periods of time we've discussed so far late uh, 1700s early 1800s is one not necessarily like just the founding fathers but rather maybe like I'm, I'm kind of cheating by not picking exactly what we've done, but like a hundred years ahead of that as well. So late 1700s to late 1800s, like uh, the Georgian era. Sure. And like everything going on with Napoleon. And I can't really point to a specific mm. thing, but it's more that it's very similar to what we have similar. now. But it's the early industrial age. It's everything yeah. changing all over the world. Yeah. And also, every time I dip into it, I always discover some weird war I never knew about. <laughs> yeah. And it's really interesting to me how nations very obviously are so malleable at this time mm. and spring up and form together and yeah. like that's, do all this nonsense. Job. It's like what? when you hear, like, what were the Germans doing in Namibia? You're like, yeah. Huh? But it's, it's, that, that's, a really, that's a really interesting point like even around Napoleon stuff because like a lot of our uh, modern concept of what a nation is and nationality that all comes out of the Napoleonic Wars yeah. and people didn't consider what they like people didn't like we're Irish like but what it means to be Irish is different now than it was before that time period yeah. really really different and that's true across Europe you know these countries like what were the Germans well Germany didn't exist you know, well, the, well, when you think when, unified when, policy, you when communications were more limited as well, like during most of the medieval period, you, you lived within your your small region, your village, your town, your local lord. That He was your god yeah, you no, know, exactly, in many yeah. ways. Uh, whereas as communications improved, transport, all that people can get around, ideas can spread. And there's, there's also the thing for me, like with, with, with that period of time, you know the way we have this thing about like in the popular culture around like France surrendering to Germany? Like, as if France wasn't the military power. Like, France was the biggest military power in Europe for hundreds and hundreds of years. And they were kicking the living shit out of everyone Mm. for centuries, you know what I mean? But now the modern thing is, oh, well, they surrendered that one time. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but they won 50 wars. Yeah. yeah. You know, they lost one. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, but my, my, at Waterloo, Napoleon did surrender. So that's (laughs) twice, Mark. (laughs) Defeated defeated by ABBA. (laughs) And what's often forgotten is it was Napoleon's smashing of the Holy Roman Empire in modern day Germany yeah. uh, that created Germany as a unified state <laughs> eventually and led to yeah. you know the Prussian dominance the, the, great, dominance. the great rivalry between yeah. France and Germany as nation states you know? yeah. so, so we're blaming Napoleon for everything yeah, yeah. 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 as, as yeah. usual I have one <laughs> quick question I thought of myself uh, which is what areas of time 
are you most interested in or excited about to find a good movie match so that we can get into that one? Because I have one in mind that would have maybe been my favorite period of history. It's just I haven't researched it as much, but I'm really fascinated with Japanese history and the sort of way that clans and warlords, like they just closed the country for a really long time. (laughs) But shit was going down throughout that time. Like so many wars and treaties and an emperor becomes not the emperor, but kind of the emperor. And then they have the shogunate and all this stuff that is very confusing. I can't really keep it straight, but it's an area of time that's just got so many stories. Yeah, that's that's like super complex, right? As well, like, and, and, I think I'm right in saying I might be wrong here. I probably am wrong, but um, the Japanese emperor, that royal family, is the same royal family for like 900 years. Yeah, I think so. It's like I crazy. Mean, it's the same line. Like, so the whole still time, divine. The, and there's, yeah, no, of course. I mean, obviously, like, <laughs> like <laughs> but this whole thing where you're talking about like the shogunate and all these like internal wars, and that went on for a long, long time, right? Yeah. But like, it's the same royal family, just kind of hanging in there, and they didn't get. Murder. Like if that was Europe, they're like they're super dead. Like well, the weird thing, yeah, it's it's weird because they become like a figurehead that you just move around to wherever and keep locked up, basically. So well, in a way, they become sorry. a pawn with it. In yeah, a lot well, of that that's, history, that's what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. yeah, but then at the same time, they they kind of worship the sanctity of the royal family in in like the the emperor's family as well yeah. in Japanese culture. That'd right? be why no one murdered him and said, "I'm emperor yeah. now." Well, well, so interesting. Like, sure that probably did happen i'm probably wrong i haven't researched it yet uh any areas of time that you're excited to get into yeah i i would love to see either a, and i know there is a show but i um, mean one that's maybe a little more not serious but maybe a little less uh silly or maybe bigger produ- better production costs I'd, I'd like to see something around the viking age yeah yeah Oh, you're thinking so, of something that's not Vikings. <laughs> yeah, something that's not Vikings. No, no, I, like, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't, there's no problem with the show Vikings, but that's that takes really, really sweeping liberties with... with like and timelines. U- and timelines, yeah. yeah. So, like, it uses the names of famous Viking leaders and just kind of conflates them all together, which, like, I mean, I get... I You know, it's a popular history show. Like, I understand why you do that. But I, I'd love to see a movie that was, like you know, either just about the siege of Paris or just about the attack on Lindisfarne mm. or just about the Great Heathen Army or the foundation of Dublin or something like that or, or even just uh, a movie that was just about Alfred the Great or, you know, something like that or Ivor the Boneless or whatever. So I'd, I'd like to see that kind of period of history explored more because I think the modern concept of the Viking, the people who were Vikings is, is a bit, uh, it's a bit kind of silly and, and, and it's boiled down to like there were just these bunch of guys who went around raiding the place but they kind of connected Northern Europe yeah. to the Mediterranean. They created networks. They created yeah. networks, yeah, sea networks and stuff. Yeah. And like, it's Swedish Vikings who essentially created Russia. Or like, you know, the Byzantine, the Byzantine Royal Guard were Nordic warriors. Like, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Or how like, when they did excavations in Dublin, they found coins from Baghdad. Like, that's crazy yeah. if you think about that. Like, yeah. You know, the Middle East yeah. Yeah, connected to Northern Europe. Again, not fully researched this but one documentary I watched uh, on the period was saying that there's more uh, I don't know which particular denomination but more of uh, a Middle Eastern coin or Middle Eastern coin in general in uh, like the Nordic countries just yeah. buried than there is remains down in, in the Middle East yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is nuts like mm-hmm. but there's no, nothing is discussed around or not nothing but like they don't it's it's not discussed around like the technology 
that the Scandinavians developed around seafaring. Like, like well, it yeah. ties in with what you said about the boat being one of the big. Yeah, well, there you go, right? So it's the idea because, like, we, Michael, we were always talking about the Roman Empire and stuff, and and how, like, you know, there was a kind of a natural border around Germania, like, and how. Yeah. The empire didn't spread into the north. They never got as far as Scandinavia. They, well, they, you might say they never really tried to go that far. But, um, but it's, I would say like it was the Vikings and that era of time that connected that part of Europe to the Mediterranean. It kind of connected it to civilization in, in, in or as we know it, like the urban civilization. Certainly, I always wonder. Like, imagine you were a Viking and you you grew up in this little fishing village in Denmark or Sweden or something. And then you, I can you, relate to all of this, right? Okay, person, so yeah. you, so you go Viking, so you go on a you go on a tour, and um, yeah. you're sailing down the, the European rivers, and you come out into the Black Sea, and you arrive to uh, Constantinople. Imagine seeing Constantinople if you've never seen a city. Yeah. Like you'd never get over that. No or accidentally become arriving in Newfoundland. It'd be like landing on Mars. You know, you know what I mean. Iceland, this, 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 you've never seen places, you've never seen yeah. stone buildings to this extent. Yeah. You've never seen massive walls and cathedrals and mm. Greek fire. Imagine Spices seeing Greek fire. This is napalm. Yeah. Imagine seeing yeah. all that kind of stuff for yeah. the first time. It'd be like being an alien. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd, I'd love to see that kind of stuff on film. It was very similar for, to moving from Sweden in modern day to moving to Ireland. It's like, oh! <laughs> oh, oh massive oh, cultural public services changes. services don't right. exist. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is everything so dirty? <laughs> Why is everything so expensive? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Michael, do you have any periods of time you're interested in diving um, into in the future? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so one thing I'm reading up about at the moment is pre-Spanish South America and learning all about the, obviously the, the this great meeting of civilization between Europeans represented by Cortes and the Spanish crown and then all of Mesoamerica and the the Aztecs and all that and it's just a fascinating case study even of just looking at two distant peoples meeting and for example the some of the local tribes um surrounding the Aztec civilization believed the Spanish were gods like when they arrived and they arrived seen them on, horses, right? yeah they and they'd never, never horses. horses had been extinct in uh, that part of the world since before the ice age so yeah. they had never seen them so they believed and they believed they couldn't be killed until one was killed and all and d- d- how simple things like the their cult the the mesoamerican culture for uh, for example the spanish couldn't understand why they had massive numbers but why they weren't going and dealing a death blow to the the small Spanish force which was going all over and the reason was that in their culture it was more important to capture uh, an enemy soldier and bring him back as a prize than kill him oh wow so they were kept like sending bow and arrows and stuff like this at the (laughs) Spanish and and if they wounded them they tried to take them and the Spanish couldn't understand this rather than just mowing them down like yeah yeah. 100% so that's a a period of time if I could find a movie there's Apocalypto but I don't know if it's covering the same field so I remember I remember seeing that movie though and there's there's like the shots of the the native uh, people in South America and I remember just thinking that can't be right because they look Stone Age I'm like that no come on yeah. it, it, no it can't be right and there is like the, the human the level of human sacrifice and all these things it's just a fascinating study of two distant civilizations meeting so if we could do that that'd be great and also I'd want to do something on France uh, if I could find something to do on the Napoleonic Wars or something yeah. like that that'd be brilliant I think Sharp. we'd all agree on we, that we, one we could watch Sharp couldn't we 
Yeah, it'd be quite a biased point of view, that one, but we'd have yeah, to... Yeah, we'd uh, need about 10 years to watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'll have a look for a French one that nobody's seen and is so obscure that, okay, you know, it'll yeah. drive us mad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so those are some areas we want to move into for season two. Do you, dear listener, have a, a time period you'd like us to explore? Why not leave it in a review on Apple Podcasts uh, or your podcatcher of choice? If you're on Spotify, just follow us and email us. That also works. Now, just before we wrap up, I think we're going to take some uh, random uh, uh, fun history quiz questions here that Michael's got a little book of. How many questions can we get wrong in 10 minutes? Yes. I, I, yeah. Like, so what we can always do is if we get them wrong, we just edit the, that yeah, out yeah, 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 so yeah. we get them all I right. I see Jacob shaking yeah. his head, there will be no editing. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I yeah. do the editing and I shall not do the editing. Uh, I think no. the biggest challenge won't be answering the page. It'll be finding the page with the answers on them that oh, could be okay. a difficulty so okay. we'll be alright uh, you pick any any number any, between 1 and what any number at all uh, yeah between 1 and let's 200 let's say 68 so Michael is now locating the question in the uh, little book that he's <laughs> prepared the for us no, that's actually a page of answers so you have oh, to pick awesome. another one okay 58 Jesus, this Mark. Is riveting podcasting. Yeah. I love it. Top quality content. Okay, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Michael's not picking a question from the page. Slowly. Why were you young, Michael? In 793, what happened to the Abbey of Lis- Lin- Lindisfarne in England? Got sacked by Vikings. Oh, got sacked by Vikings. Yeah, we know that That's one. an easy one. I thought all right. Easy. All right. Come on. Hit us with a difficult one from page 38. Protect us, our Lord, from the fury of the North. Okay. All right. All right. Calm down. Calm down. Tagline for season two. Okay. Okay. So uh, it's another easy one, though. No, we can't go that one. All right. These are all about Rome. We can't do these. I I definitely won't. 38. Okay. I'll ask you this one. Um, From around 80 BC, the Roman Republic began to use the initials SPQR. What did this stand for? Jacob. Well, I know there's a book on your bookshelf over there that says SPQR, there and I've is. definitely heard you say it a number of times, but I'm pretty sure it's in Latin, and I don't know It that. is in Latin? Yeah. yeah. No, is, I mean, there's definitely a republic in there. What is it? The, well, it, in English, it's the Senate and People of Rome. Uh, the Senate and People of Rome, SPQR. yeah. Right. Senatus, what is it? Senatus uh, Publisque Roma? Something like that? Don't worry, guys. We will also get into Rome next season. It's late. It's late in the evening. My my ability to speak Latin is dramatically declined. Yeah. Have you located a tiebreaker question, Michael? <laughs> Let's see. Leave so, it to your initiative. Random. True or false? In the 16th and 17th centuries, Poland, Lithuania was one of the most densely populated and largest countries of Europe. Which centuries did you say? In the 16th and 17th. Uh, so 16th, I always have like. So they were unified as one country, the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth. We all for a while uh, separate thing, but we all do this thing in our minds where we go like, it doesn't matter if you have a diploma, you go like 16th century. Is that the one with? 15, <laughs> Is it the 1500s? Or, yeah, or the- yeah. <laughs> Isn't that around the time period when Sweden had yeah. this horrific invasion of Poland? That yeah. they, call, they call it the Deluge, right? Where they yeah, just yeah, went yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. We did do and that. absolutely decimated Poland. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's probably true. You know, um, in 
So this I wouldn't. So sixteenth and seventeenth is. I'm being serious. Is sixteen hundreds? Is it? Or is that what we're talking? So about? Se- se- if you say he seven- says over two centuries here. So sixteenth and seventeenth. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fifteen hundreds and sixteen hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering because it would be in. Let's see. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. So in the fifteen hundreds, early fifteen hundreds. Uh, Gustav Vasa yeah. did his big thing in Sweden so he's a, a king of Sweden and a rather significant one probably the one who's seen as like the father of the country right and he did a big thing with, involving a ski race funnily enough Vasa Loppet where well there wasn't a ski race at the time but it's 500 years ago uh, in yeah it's next year I think yeah it is uh, 1521 wow. um that he is basically escaping the danish king that we call <laughs> his name is like the tyrant wow, <laughs> in Swedish. Love it, love it. good name yeah, yeah, yeah good. Good. <laughs> so he did have a bloodbath lovely guy a few years earlier mm. where he uh just well he was already the king uh, through um the uh, Kalmar Union yeah. but of, of like Norway and Sweden and, and Denmark, Denmark yeah. um, so he had a big bloodbath and killed loads of people uh, it's called the Stockholm bloodbath and uh, anyway it's Gustav Vasa who was this noble who uh, at this time was sort of seen as a potential leader and he was escaping from uh, the area of the capital and he was rallying people in my home count- county of Dalarna uh, to come and fight with him but they said they'd give him an answer in a couple of days so he skied off because it's the winter of course and um, <laughs> that's the story anyway I don't, I'm not sure if he was on true skis. or false <laughs> <laughs> point being <laughs> no I'm getting to I'm really uh, enjoying uh, the fact uh, that it's Jacob going off on a mad uh, historical uh, tangent so it's I was like so please continue please continue with this yeah anyway they sent skiers after him right because they wanted him back and they wanted to join his army this is going somewhere and so the the ski journey there is now for the past hundred years been celebrated by a big ski race the biggest oldest uh, ski race in the world with 15,000 participants um, 15,000 yeah that's just in the main race there's that's over crazy. annually there's over 100,000 participants uh, in the whole thing and it's r- just around the corner from where run the oh. skiers are coming <laughs> yeah that's why I know this shit um, but anyway that was the Vasa Gustav Vasa so he established the line of Vasa yeah. who were also the line invading Poland Lithuania ah, okay. so Fucking we're tying right it back in we are tying it back in and I would say uh, I want to say yes just because of the phrasing of the question I know Sweden came and fucked it up but our friend who's I'll Polish go again. True or false, in the 16th and 17th centuries, Poland-Lithuania was one of the most densely populated and largest countries of Europe. Largest countries of Europe. Yeah, I'm going to say it was one of the largest countries in Europe. Just think of the landmass. Lithuania added into Poland. And what I was going to say is our Polish friend said, oh, that period of time was actually good for us, so it was okay that you invaded, because after that it was okay. So I'm going to say true as well. Yes, and you're both right, Wads. Well done, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, was it worth the? That, that uh, was. Uh, I enjoyed look, being I enjoyed taken on a tour of Swedish <laughs> yeah, history. Love it. You know? Yeah, I know. I actually is, know yeah. some of it. Is the so like the, the current king of Sweden is is Carl Gustav? Yeah. The sixteenth, something like that. Now that I couldn't tell you. I, do, do they take the name Gustav after Gustav Vasa? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's also just a very good name. Yeah, it's very. It's a good name. Yeah, but the current the current line though is not is not to do with him because it's a French line, right? Bernadotte, Bernadotte in Swedish. So he was one of Napoleon's generals, and they just offered him the crown. Yeah, because he was dashing. Yeah, it's great. But then he looks like he could fulfill the role. Yeah. Do you want to be the king of Sweden? Yes, I do. Obviously, <laughs> supposedly through the female line that came in, I think after that, um, there is a connection to oh, okay, Gustav okay, yeah. and that. But yeah, okay. they're the Bernadots, and also who gives a shit about them? They never do anything invading of anything. No, so. well, they're not allowed now, right? They're not allowed no, to do anything anymore. Right? So. It's all so boring these days, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it's actually not, but less kings involved. I think mm-hmm. that pretty much wraps it up for season two of uh, Real History. Any closing thoughts, lads? Or season one? Or real history yes that's the one um no but it's been fun yeah it's been fun i think um i think yeah we need to look at tv shows for season two because we say at the start of every episode in movies and tv shows we did a fucking musical but we didn't do a tv (laughs) show you know what i mean yeah i think we'll we'll figure that out well thanks everybody for sticking with us and hopefully you'll want to hear much more and we will be on a hiatus as we build up a buffer of episodes so we can release them more regularly for you uh during that time please feel free to share uh your joy of history with those around you by sharing our podcasts. That's it. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.